We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Rob Dawson here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? We're 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph children. DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grown up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Pastor. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Terrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68. After dark. Hello, and welcome in to the Field of 68 After Dark. I'm John Martin. You can catch us on X. You can catch us on YouTube. You can catch us on Stadium. Tonight, I'm joined by coaching veteran, coaching analyst, college basketball analyst, Matt McCall. I'm joined by North Carolina Tar Heel, John Henson. We're both we, we're, we're road tripping tonight, fellas. We are taking this show on the road tonight. So uh, it should be quite the adventure. Uh, we are going to be joined a little bit later by a man who hit the one game winner. If there's another one, I didn't see it. But the one game winner in college basketball tonight in Dayton's uh, Nate Santos gets the win over LSU. So he's going to join us uh, in just a little bit. Uh, and then, of course, as always, after the show, we're going to do last call where we take your questions on uh, on on really whatever. Uh, I think it's all fair game. So make sure you stay tuned for that after the show. Gentlemen, as always, uh, good here with you. Let's do a little recap, though, to start the show. Of course, uh, it's an event that really sort of signifies the start of college basketball with all the brands, and that's the, the Champions Classic. Matt, Kansas comes back uh, from what felt like the dead against a Kentucky team that shot the lights out in the, in the first half. What did Kansas show you by doing that? Well, I thought something that was interesting, John, for me was I was kind of watching both benches during the game, and you looked at Kentucky's bench, and it just seemed like every single coach was up, was coaching, was – and you looked over at Kansas's bench, and everyone was very calm. Like, even though they were down 14 – it's like, hey, we got a veteran team. We've been here before. We've got arguably the best player in the country. I mean, we could make a case for probably a handful of guys right now. We're going to be just fine. I thought that calmness, and, and it just showed just how much of a veteran team Kansas is that they were able to you know, pull it out. I mean, 
or what a game by Hunter Mickelson. I mean, I mean, I think if you look at this game and you're saying, look, impressed with Kentucky, the young guards showed up, they're going to be good. They shot a ton of threes. You know, what's going to happen when this game gets down in the trenches and Kentucky's not making shots? They're just really thin up front. Um, you know, Trey Mitchell's got to get some help up there. Can they get one of the three seven-footers eligible? Um, that changes their front court. But it just – I just thought Kansas just had a poise about them the whole game. It was like, hey, we're down 14. Nobody panicked. Everyone's like, all right, we're just fine. And Hunter Mickelson, man. John Henson, man, I, I don't know if you've seen too many performances like that from a front court player in college. That was – that was something else. Yeah, man. They uh, Kansas. They 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 came to play. They had a calmness about them. Veteran team. They they acted like they had been there before. But Kentucky came to play, man. It's like Calipari gave their guards a little bit of freedom to kind of do their thing. They kind of got like a revamped pro style offense. They've got a stretch five with Mitchell, um, Dillingham. You know, it was almost like. You know, in the NBA, we say, hey, look, if you're a shooter and he goes under, shoot that. It was almost like he had the green light to do those type of things. So I'm like what I've seen from Kentucky. They're, they're looking like the Kentucky and the Calipari teams of old that are playing high-level offense and, and really, you know, trying to figure out what they want to do and who they're going to be. But I, I think uh, Kentucky's going to be fine. Hey, John, John was there like as, a as, – As a front court player, though, when mm -hmm. you looked at that game, mm -hmm. right – like the biggest stat that stood out to me on why Kentucky didn't win was points in the paint. Right. 42 to 24. So like at some point here, Kentucky is going to have a game where those threes aren't going in at the clip that they were going in. Like, right. what are they doing when that thing's got to get in there in the trenches? Like that's, well, that's my biggest question on them. For sure. And being a big man and, you know, being at a big man school when I went to school, I, in, in college basketball, you need to be able to score inside. It's just had the nature of the beast. Those shots aren't always going to fall in. It's a lot going on off the court with college kids class. It's just, it's a lot more. It's not, you're not focused 24 seven on basketball. So you're going to need some, somebody inside to get those easy points or to be able to attack and get into the lane. So Kentucky's going to have to figure that out. They're shooting 43% of their shots are, are three pointers. I don't know if Kyle loves that. But for right now, that can sustain them, and then they've got to figure out what they're going to do with their bigs and get some of those guys eligible. Yeah, I was going to ask, John, because there were it, it was such a weird game because Kentucky comes out, Dillingham's going ham from three, hitting right. everything he's putting up. Like, it was all, honestly awesome. And then Kansas, you sort, you sort of start to feel like, don't, leave, don't lose me now. Stay with me. Listen, right? and I'm, I'm, coming, I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Kansas, it starts to feel like settles in. They take the lead. Kentucky punches back before ultimately. Like, was there a game like that in your in your career that was sort of, you know, nip and tuck like that where there were times where it, it, you felt like you felt good, you lost control, you took it back? Was there a game that you can sort of remember in your career like that? I'm going to go against Kentucky at Rupp when we lost AD mm. blocked my shot at the end. We were going back and forth. We had Kentucky on the ropes with, you know, people don't really remember the exact specifics, but we were up four with like 50 seconds left or something like that. Um, I think Deron Lamb hits a big three. We miss a shot. They come down to score. We're down one. Um, that was a game where it was just back and forth. We thought we had control. Kentucky comes back. They kind of seize control. We come back. And, and uh, that was one of the more memorable games of my career because uh, – 
we really wanted that one, man. I I I might have broke a water water cooler after that after that game, man. It it was that intense. It was that emotional. Yeah, no, I get it, and and uh, that was certainly. Uh, I, I don't know. I was in, I was I was equally sort of impressed with Kentucky, considering how young they are, as I was with Kansas. I thought sort of both programs actually showed pretty well. Uh, the first half, the first half of that uh, Champions Classic, of course was Duke and Michigan State. Uh, both teams really looking for a bounce back. Duke losing at home to Arizona to basically start their season uh, at one and one. Matt, um, what did you like from Duke uh, in that one? I just like the resilience of bouncing back after, you know, a difficult loss at home. You know, Cameron, and I know John is not going to agree with me. Here's one of the more difficult places to play in the country. Um, and I just like the fight back. It was a quick turnaround. They didn't have a ton of time to just sit back and sulk and feel sorry for themselves because they lost at home um, in front of, uh, you know, the legend and Coach Krzyzewski. I just like the fact that they showed some serious resilience there. And it's a young basketball team. It's a talented basketball team. I think we can all agree they're one of the most talented teams in the country. But they didn't sit there and feel sorry for themselves. They, they got on to the next game. And I think that was the most impressive thing for me. Um, and I look at the other team in Michigan State, and I try to do some research here. And I look back to the 20 – because I was thinking back to the 2015 Final Four team in Michigan State. I was like, man, I, if I remember correctly, they lost some games early and then made a run to the Final Four. They lost to Duke early in that season. They lost to Notre Dame early in that season. They lost to Kansas early in that season. That was all before December 4th. Um, so – Maybe a little bit of similarities. I don't think we can count Michigan State out. They just need to play better. I mean, A.J. Hogarth, he, he's got to play better. You know, I mean, Tyson Walker is taking almost double the shots of anyone else on the team. They've got to have more balance. I mean, they're 8 of 50 from the three-point line right now. That, that's 16%. I think they are, they're still a team that can compete for a Big Ten title. But I want to credit, too. But Michigan State just needs to play better, in my opinion. Shout out Joey Hauser for carrying them, right? Like Joey leaves and now they can't hit a shot. Um, I also think they need to put more pressure on the rim, man. I I, I I think those threes will come a little easier if they're more open and more in time, more in rhythm of the offense. Um, and then offensively, I was kind of watching this last year. Hogarth and Izzo have a weird relationship. And it's kind of like he, you know, you know, Coach McCall, you can kind of count on this. I feel like every coach has a player that they kind of butt heads, but he loves them the most. I think that's what Hogarth, Izzo wants so much from him, and it just kind of creates this weird energy with him. I can't figure it out. I saw it last year. And then, you know, Malik Hall kind of looks like their second best score offensive guy, which I don't think is going to be sustainable either. So they've got to figure it out. Obviously, I think the shooting is going to correct itself, but it's not like the NBA. You only have 32 games. You come down the stretch, right? Michigan State, you start playing well. All of a sudden, you're five or six seed you know, or four seed and you got to play a number one seed in the first weekend or the second weekend. And it could get tough for you on the road to get in the championship. So they've got to figure that out. The big 10 looks like they're going to let them figure it out, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> John, was John, there enough? Uh, that up too, man, because I was at big 10 media day and yeah. coach Izzo brought up the relationship between Hogarth and he kind of said what you just alluded to just in terms of, you know, it's, I don't want to use the term interesting, but it was more or less, mm. he, he kind of alluded to what you see. Uh, yep. He coaches them pretty hard. 
He, there's there's been times where he's had to get on them, and I don't think there's a disconnect there. I mean, I, you know, Izzo being a Hall of Famer, I, I don't think that, but yeah. it's a it's definitely an interesting relationship, and you know, possibly you know something that that puts some pressure on AJ. But they need him, and they need him to play better, and he's fully they, capable. They definitely need him. They need him back. I mean, he's gonna for him for them to reach their maximum potential. He has to be a high level contributing playing on that team, and uh, right now he's just not doing it. I, and I promise I'm not even asking you this, John, as it like like to antagonize uh, the mm-hmm. fan base. But when you watch Duke, do I mean look? They're they're number two in the country. I mean they they have and are supposed to have a super high ceiling. Do you see enough firepower? I do. I, I think Duke has the firepower. You know, especially with Filipowski and Roach and Proctor. Proctor hit some timely shots in that game. Um, they have the firepower, but, you know, I don't know if I would call them, I don't know right now, I don't see them as national championship contenders. They don't necessarily, I mean, they, they don't, they didn't look the part to me. Um, they're going to be fine in the ACC. They're going to do their part. But, um, if we want to, you know, call them national, I don't know. I, I can't call them that yet, but, uh, they can college basketball seasons weird like that, man. Teams can start off slow. I mean, uh, Michigan state, you know, they started off slow last year and ended up, you know, making a run. So, um, it's wide open right now. Purdue's got a little bit to say about that, but right now I feel like it's just—I mean—it's literally wide open. Houston looks really good tonight, so we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Before we uh, get get to break and get to Nate Santos, Gavin Games currently tied at three apiece. Um, Matt, who's better? Who's better today? Big East, Big Ten. <laughs> you got to put me on the spot this early. You're throw it right. That's an easy one. That's an easy. That's, that's um, an easy answer. Right I don't now. think it's as easy. As you, I think right now the nod has to go to the Big East. Although I do believe Purdue is one B. I think Kansas is one A right now. I think Purdue is one B in terms of the best teams in the country. I believe that. I think there are teams in the Big Ten like Ohio State and Wisconsin who have sophomore guards that are really, really good players that are going to get better. And I think those two teams that you see right now are not going to be the same teams that we see in February and March. Um, I think the Maryland Nova game is huge. Maryland did not play well down in that, uh, in uh, Asheville, only averaging 64 points per game right now. They got to find a way to score more points. Uh, if you look at Rutgers, they lose to Princeton, but Princeton's a very good team. So I think the nod, you know, you look at the Marquette Illinois game, you got to get the nod right now to the Big East. But I would not be surprised if we're sitting here and we see multiple teams in the second round of the or the second weekend of the NCAA tournament come March from the Big Ten. You buy, are you buying Shout that? Shout out Shout out Princeton. They were plus 200 against Duquesne. That's a good, good, good win for me. But um, I'm going to go Big <laughs> East uh, off the stream for Marquette, Creighton, and UConn. Um, heavy hitters, high-level players. And, you know, with the Big Ten, it's like I literally have my notes like Big Purdue, Michigan State, question mark. Then it gets sketchy, right? Like who's going to take over the reins and kind of be those top teams? I gotta go with the biggies right now. They top heavy, and uh, their their top three can compete with anyone in the country. See, I I respect that, John, because it's one thing to have an opinion, but it's a whole different thing when you put money behind that opinion. My man yes, said, sir. "I believe in the Princeton Tigers plus two hundred on the I, money line." I I circled that. I said, "Why is Duquesne man live right. right right they they should absolutely never." Never be favored in that circumstance. You're exactly right. Okay. Before Arizona State happened, 
there was only one game winner in college basketball tonight. Then that game did happen. They, they escaped from UMass Lowell. But before that, there was one game winner. Uh, and we're going to talk to the man that hit it for Dayton, Nate Santos, when we get back. You are, of course, watching and listening to Field of 68 After Dark on Stadium, on YouTube, on X, back after this. College basketball season kicks off this week, and there is no better way to get prepared for the wild finishes, the bad beats, and the total unpredictability of the sport that we all love than by purchasing access to the Almanac, a project that we at the Field of 68 partnered on with Three Man Weave, Heat Check CBB, and Verbal Commits. Unlike last season, the Almanac is no longer a PDF. Rather, it is a website that features more than 1,500 words on each and every one of the 362 Division I teams in college basketball. We wrote more than 800,000 words in total. We spoke to every single Division I head coach to get a feel for the rosters, the rotation, the projected starter lineups, and what they think their team is going to look like this year. For everyone, from the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, they deserve to be covered like they matter. And over at the Almanac, that is precisely what we do. Access costs just $19.99 for the year and can be purchased at the link in the description below. And now, back to our show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. We are on Stadium. We are on YouTube. We are on X. Uh, there were some very interesting college basketball games tonight, uh, including one uh, where there was a game winner, Dayton LSU, and the man that hit that game winner joins us now, Nate Santos, 19-9 and nine, uh, in a win against LSU. Nate, congrats, man. Just take us through the play, man. What would you see? Take us through it all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you. I pre I appreciate you guys having me. But uh, yeah, that play was it was kind of crazy. So uh, the play was actually for Brea to come off 
like that stagger in the middle. Uh, and when Vaughn kind of drove, I saw that the play kind of broke down a little bit. So uh, kind of just got to an open spot and, you know, I had an open shot, so I took it. Nate, Matt McCall, I, I spent a number of years with Coach Grant at the University of Florida. And I know exactly what you were talking okay. about. He was running what we used to call a rip screen, and it was a stagger. And that's what was yep. I was. I, they, John stole my question. I wanted to talk to you because you could tell exactly what was coming, and all of a sudden you kind of came out of nowhere and popped to the perimeter, and the ball hit your hands, man. And you shot that thing with such confidence. But I want to go back too because it's a game that you guys were down. And similar to the Northwestern game, you were down in that game, but you fought your way back. Just talk about your mentality in the second half of this game. That Hey, we're not going to let it happen what happened in Northwestern. We're going to fight our way back, and we're going to find a way to win this game. Yeah, so uh, with that Northwestern game, that was kind of a, a heartbreaking one because uh, obviously we thought we could have had that one. Uh, when they kind of hit us in the second half, you know, we were kind of having that mentality of chipping away at the lead. Uh, and just continuing to finish the job. So um, that that's something special about our team is that we don't we don't really give up easily. So I th I think that's kind of what uh, fueled us. And obviously the fans were were amazing. I think they played a huge part in, in that comeback. So um, you know we just had that you know take it one possession at a time, get stops, uh, and chip away at that lead. And you know we didn't want it to end uh, in the same way that that Northwestern did. So. Nate, what's up, man? Uh, John Henson here. So, you know, I've played probably more recently than obviously these guys. So was there a moment uh -huh. in the game during that run, you know, as a play, like a shot, a play, uh, one of your teammates said something where you're like, all right, we got this. Like, we, 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 about to, we about to win this game. Was there a specific timeout where, like, everyone just started believing uh, about, you know, that you guys were going to come back and win this game? Yeah, yeah. I would so I would say for me personally, I would say it was when we were when we were putting on that pressure, uh, in the press and we kinda got some steals and we were getting some fouls, we were getting some buckets. Uh that's for me personally when I when I think the momentum kinda switched and everybody was like, Okay, we can do this. Like we chip away, keep keep applying pressure, it was something that we could finish out. So Sure. Nate, obviously you guys had to, to make an adjustment. You know, you, you lose Malachi Smith. Uh, so guys have had to step up into into different roles that, you know, you probably thought that maybe going into the year wouldn't have to be in those types of roles, and now they are. Just talk about you guys this early in the season. You lose a player of Malachi's caliber. Talk about how you guys have handled mm -hmm. that adversity and, you know, how it's helped you, you know, moving forward. Yeah, uh, you know, losing, losing a player like Malachi, it, it sucks. Um, but you know, with come what comes with that is people have to step up. So uh, I think Coach Grant and Javon and and everybody else has kind of done a great job of of stepping up. Um, obviously, you know we're we're hurting for him. So uh, a part of these games is is we're playing for him. But you know, I think so far uh, we're doing a good job of, of adjusting um, and guys stepping up, and I think we're doing pretty well. So. You know, we're, we're in a different time in, in college basketball, man, where, you know, used to, you know, regardless of your situation, whether you were playing or not, you had to sit. 
and you had to really wait on that opportunity and make sure, you know, you really liked it no matter what. And, you know, your first two years at Pitt, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not really mm -hmm. happening, not playing as much. You stay patient. And now you found a role in a fit where, you know, you can, you can sort of excel and thrive and do what you're doing. So how, like what helped you, man? Like what helped you as an athlete stay patient through when things maybe weren't going the way you hoped to get to this point? Like, how did you do that? How did you stay down? Yeah, I would. Um, that, that's a good question. I, Cause uh, it could be hard to get caught up in, in certain situations. Like if something's not going your way. Uh, but for me, I, I kind of just try to stay positive and, and believe in the player that I was and, and continue to uh, put the work in. Uh, and, you know, when I was at Pitt, you know, we had some success last year. So um, I try not to make it about myself. You know, I realized that there's there's a bigger picture in, in basketball that's the team game. So um, with, with stuff like that, you just got to be patient and kind of trust in your situation and your game and, and it will all figure itself out. So. Nice. Nate, I'm, I got a question. It's off the court, though, man. Better looking women, Pitt or Dayton? Yeah. <laughs> you, said, you, you said that again? Better looking women, Pitt or Dayton? You said... Uh, uh, that's a toss-up. That's a toss-up. Pitt is a little bigger, so there's, 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 I think there's a little bit more uh, of a variety, but it, it's... Okay. I would say they're, uh, they're kind of close. Man, look, we got all hey, teams. Teams. <laughs> Say that again. So we got all types of listeners here, man. You know, with the NIL and transfer rules, people want to know. You can be able to, you know, compare campuses. Might help someone out. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> hey, are the uh, are the game winning DMs popping? Like, are those are, how different are those in the standard game? Those gotta be popping, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, nah, they're popping a little bit. They're, it's a little different. I can't. Okay. Don't get yourself in any trouble, especially if you got a girlfriend, man. Don't don't get yourself in any trouble yeah, right nah. now, man. Just keep the keep the Look, straight and narrow, yeah, stay focused. I know Coach Grant's going like this a couple times to you, man. So just just block out all that. Just stay focused. <laughs> Yeah, Facebook. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Nate, man. We you know you Facebook. got a game tomorrow. I, I you gotta get some Yeah, yeah, dog, yeah. We had Facebook, like the Facebook. Yeah, we had the we had the book, man. We didn't have Instagram, man. So, hey, what a time to be alive for you. <laughs> yeah, facts. <laughs> hey, hey, man. We gonna get you out of here before somebody dry snitches, man. I feel like somebody's about to dry snitch. John trying to exactly. get you caught up. Let bro. the man go to bed and get some <laughs> rest. He's got the Johnnies tomorrow. Let him get some rest. Unbelievable. Got a, got a big one tomorrow. Yeah, dig that. St. John's and Rick Patino, a legend. Mm hmm. Yeah, it'll be, it'll, so, it'll be a good one tomorrow. So I'm we're excited. But. Dig that. Well, congrats on the success, man. Appreciate you taking the time out to join us. And we'll talk soon, brother. Thanks. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you, man. Yup. Thank, yep, thank you guys for having me. All sure. right. He is Nate Santos there. Hit the game winner tonight. Uh, for after Ray. dark. What's wrong with you, man? What is wrong after with you? After dark, John. You're right. After, after dark. dark. It is after dark. About. You're right. That, that's on brand. Right. <laughs> I mean, we, we could do a whole... Like we could just we could just throw the rest of it out, and we could just talk I mean, we about rank, we, you know we, we rank everything else.
Why not? Right? No question. Listen, too, Rob Doster with his A-10 Insider. The A-10 had a good day today. St. Bonaventure knocks off OK State. St. Louis advances in their tournament. Dayton with the big win. Shout out to the A-10. The A-10's on the rise. I know Doster's happy for the Insider. Right. See, to me, like, and I know this is sort of a little bit off the the beaten path here, but it's it's – Teams like Dayton, it's teams like St. Bonaventure, it's teams, you know, that 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 do find ways to win in these in these quote unquote. I mean, the A ten is a great example because you hear all these you know reports, whether it's college football playoff, the NCAA tournament, all this conference movement, where it sort of starts to feel like all these Power Five schools led by you know John's alma mater here that are trying to you know separate themselves from everybody else. And man, I would really hate to lose teams because Dayton's a quality program, man. They have tradition. The A10 teams, they have tradition, and they they belong in this stratosphere and in this universe. And I would really hate to lose schools like that. Yeah, I mean, if you think about these high level teams, I mean, they are plucking kids from the A10, right? To to come to the UNCs, the Kansases, the Kentuckys. They're they're plucking kids from places that. You know, you wouldn't think they would have a high-level D1 guy, and they're going there and starting on some blue blood teams and playing well. So there's talent in that league, and, and the A10 has always been a scary league to some teams. Like you know, when you're preparing, when you're playing a Dayton. We lost, we lost a Dayton in my team my my uh, freshman year, and I remember the chance that they had, the chance they were they were saying how they were in the hallway, how live and turned up they were. We were spooks. We were spooks. So. They they have some uh they got some teams in that league that are uh, forced to be reckoned with. Boy, do they ever! I mean, the environment in Dayton, the environment in VCU, traveling to Olean, New York. I mean, the environment that St. Bonaventure has. I mean, it's a basketball league, and you don't want to see anything taken away from that because this year those teams are going to line up and play, and it's going to be exciting, and it's going to be great basketball to watch. The other thing about the Atlantic Ten, the coaches in the league. And I was talking about this. I talked about this with Rob Doster on the Eights and Insider. You know, you look at the preseason polls, which mean absolutely nothing. And you look at the teams that were picked in the bottom of the Atlantic 10 in those preseason polls. Frank Martin, who's at UMass, took South Carolina to the school's first ever Final Four. Fran Dunphy is an absolute living legend. Archie Miller, we know can coach and we know he can win games. For trying to prepare for Chris Mooney and the Princeton offense and everything he does, those are the guys that were picked at the bottom. We're not even talking about the teams that were picked at the top. What Bonaventure has, VCU with the new coach. I mean, it's, a, it's an unbelievable league. That When you turn on a college basketball game and you see these teams play against each other, you know, that's what you want to see. That's entertainment. That's why we watch. That's why we're basketball junkies. Right. That's right. One, one minute here before, before we go to break, I do want to ask you about a school that was sort of a quote-unquote in terms of conference affiliation to have not that's now very much a have. Regardless of conference affiliation, they always were. But Houston obviously going to have their first year in the Big 12. Uh, John, do you, from what you've seen of them, do you suspect they're going to come in and sort of, you know, honestly dominate the way they did in the AAC? Or do you think it's going to be a different dose of medicine for them? I don't think they're going to dominate the way they did in the AAC. But tonight you saw them hold that team, I think Towson as they played right out. I'm not 100% sure. But they held them to five field goals in the first half. So that's going to translate. I don't care what league you're in. I don't care what's going on. They play defense offensively with Shed, 
and uh, Cryer. They've got the length. They've got the size. They're going to be scary, man. I don't know what's going to happen with them as far as the Big 12 standing, but then that they're going to fit right in seamlessly to the Big 12. Yeah, uh, they just they, they they locked down Towson. Obviously, a little bit early to tell uh, exactly what that's yeah. going to look like, but so far mm-hmm. on brand for sure uh, for Kelvin Sampson. All right, we're going to come back. We have a lot more to break down from tonight uh, and earlier today. Uh, Indiana just stumbling through uh, so far through two games. Is this is this going good? Is this is this good enough in Indiana? We'll talk about it when we come back. You watch the Field of State Stadium YouTube X back after this. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD200 and you will receive $200 in bonus bets instantly when placing your first wager of at least $10 with BetMGM. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD200. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game regardless of sport. You will receive $200 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your wager. Just make sure that you use the bonus code FIELD200 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When crossing state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, We do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. We are on Stadium. We are on YouTube. We are on X. I'm John Martin, joined tonight by college coaching veteran and college basketball analyst Matt McCall, joined by North Carolina Tar Heel longtime NBA player John Henson. We are talking all things like a, a tutorial on how to navigate college life on social media. John has given us the breakdown there, which according to him is just stay on Facebook all the time. Because right. that was that was that was that was the key to all the success in Chapel Hill. That made me feel old. Man. When he said when he said I haven't heard of Facebook in a while, gray hair popped out of the chin right there, man. That was that was tough. It was my space for Matt. So I mean, you, 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 he got you there. You know the cool the coolest thing though about MySpace was is like you could have like a song, you know, on your profile. Right. Like yep. if someone would click yep. on your your profile, and then like a song would pop up. Maybe you you're feeling that's right. you know, some type of song that day. You want to throw that song on there. John Martin, too, you know, like you're talking about two, John, John, you know, you're talking to two of Florida's finest here. And I, I said this earlier in our group chat, John Henson had just a little bit better of a high just, school career than I did. Just just, just a tad. Just, just a tad. Just a tad. I was yeah. just trying to get Billy Donovan just to notice me in a high school game where Casey Sanders, who played at Duke, set a state record for block shots versus my high school team. 
And I think he got me like four or five times in that game. So Billy Donovan and Anthony Grant were at the game that never offered me a scholarship. So John Henson's yeah. career was just a little bit better than mine. Yeah, you were not in right. Billy D's top eight. U, UF was actually the first school to show me interest, so that's kind of cool. They were they were, that you never forget that first school. UF was the first school to really show me interest, so that was kind of cool. A cool story behind that, or you know, for Gators really. Dig that. A couple of uh, a couple of uh, results to discuss uh, throughout college basketball. Uh, Got to get to Indiana, but first, want to talk a little St. John's and Rick Pitino. This is certainly a fascinating. I don't want to call it experiment because he's I, I, obviously like this is a real job for Rick, and he's you know trying to you know, get St. John's back to prominence from what you've seen. And obviously, Matt, these things do take time. They don't have to, but they generally do. Um, what do you see in St. John's and maybe what they can be in January, February, and perhaps March? Yeah, and I'm not trying to check, uh, quote Jeff Goodman here because I did see his tweet, and I, but I was thinking about this when we I looked at the rundown today and when I saw him play against Michigan, and shout out to Michigan, <laughs> unbelievable job uh, in that game that they did, the game plan and everything. I just don't know. I think St. John's has some good players, right? Like like Chris Ledlam is a good player. Uh, unbelievable career at Harvard. But who's the guy? Like who's the guy that when the game's on the line, the ball is in his hand? Who's the guy when a possession breaks down that they can flip it to him, sprint into a middle pick and roll, and he can come off and either create for himself or create for his teammates – I think they have some good pieces. I just don't know who the guy is in certain situations. So I think that's the biggest hurdle they got to get over right now. But Coach Patino is going to pull everything he can, you know, out of every single player on that team where they're going to be in games, they're going to win games in the Big East, and they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. I think their ceiling becomes what guy is stepping up that's saying, hey, man, Balls in my hands. You get here. You get there. Sprint into a middle pick and roll, and let's go. Right? I mean, you look at Patino's best teams. Like, it was hard to guard Russ Smith at Louisville. Like, you knew when the game was on the line, I don't care how you're preparing for him, if you're trapping him in pick and rolls, blitzing him, icing him, whatever it may be, he's going to find a way to make a play. And if it's not for himself, it's for his teammates. Peyton Siva. Like, I'm just, you know, referring back, referring back to Louisville. Right now, I think that's what St. John's is missing. I think they've got good pieces. They've got one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time. But at the end of the day, you got to have someone that you put the ball in their hands when the game's on the line to go make a play. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Matt. I, I, you see the vision. You see how he wants to play. You see what he wants to do. They may not have the talent that he's accustomed to, but when he gets those type of guys in – they're going to be right back where they left. See, I, not many people know this. One of my best friends was on that staff when all hell broke loose, uh, Jordan Fair. So I got to really just talk to him about what he was doing on a day-to-day practice-wise, being around Patino, how was it? And one thing that I established and what I learned is come hell or high water, St. John's will be okay. And, and that's kind of how I feel about what's going on now first year. Uh a lot, of, a lot of different pieces. They don't really have a go-to guy. But if you look at Rick Patino's history, especially with young guys, it's always that second year or that kid, that, the kid that, that he, you know, that builds trust with him and he kind of lets go, you know, a la Donovan Mitchell or Russ Smith. I mean, you can go down the line. That second or third year is when things take off for a Rick Patino guard. So 
right now, I think everyone's trying to build that trust. He's trying to trust his guys. I think this year is going to be a filling out process, but next year they'll be primed and ready to go. Um, like I said, he's a Hall of Fame coach, man. I, I think it's just a matter of time before St. John's is, you know, playing on that high, you know, national TV night games, playing uh, Villanova or something. You know, just he, he he's going to get them right. Uh, I, I can see that coming. You can see it developing, how they're playing. I love their style of play as well. It's fun to watch. John, do you uh do you and you must love watching Indiana, man, because that is a team that is just nothing but big men. Like that's all they have. Just big men. Just they got the market cornered <laughs> on centers, bro. Yeah. Like you need a big, they got you. Yeah. Um, what oh. like, if you if you sort of, I was gonna say, like yeah, they're they're sort of you know stumbling through the first three games of, the, of this year with mm-hmm. UConn on deck. Um, what do you make of the Hoosiers? Love that for the big guys, right? Get to go there, get the ball in your hand, you get to create. Um, but as a team, you know, they struggle tonight. The, the team they were playing against were missing their best player in the in the um, last year's freshman of the year, I believe. So they were missing two of their best players. They were in a dogfight, you know. So they've got to figure out from a, from a style of play perspective what they want to do. And, you know, because talent-wise, they had an exodus of, of players that are in the NBA right now. So... Um, Love that the big men are getting love. Don't know how well that's going to go for them long term, especially tonight. As you saw, it was it was it was a battle down there, man. Uh, it, it was a dogfight. So, you know, shout out to the bigs, but uh, they need to they need to get some more stuff going on around there. Yeah, I think it's just an adjustment yeah, you know, trying yeah. to trying to figure out how we're we playing without Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, we're a year later. We're into it. It takes some time. I think there's a level of human nature on who our competition is. I think they've played what Florida Gulf Coast, Army, uh, and Wright State tonight. I mean, against Wright State, and you know, John just alluded to it. They were without their best players, so they got to be looking at their defense right now, saying, "What are we doing? How we've got to improve on that end of the floor." Um, and it's early, and I, I'm anxious to see them in that UConn game. How do they respond? How do they play? I mean, now it's 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 against a big boy, and not that those other teams weren't good. But now it's it's time to strap it up and let's go. Um, so I, I we'll see how they do in that game. They they shot an abysmal percentage tonight from the three point line. Um, so who can step up and make some threes and who can help them from you know shooting on the perimeter? Um, but I think there's a, a level of human nature piece like oh we'll be fine against these guys and they're not going to have that against UConn. So you don't line up and play against UConn and say the defending national champions we're just going to be fine. Uh, I think they'll bring it, and they'll bring it for that game. I think we'll really see how good they are and, you know, really see where they need to get better. Matt, I got to tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little personal here, Matt. Your kids are extremely lucky because you're patience, Matt. You are the most patient person I have ever met. Are you as patient with your kids as you are with college basketball? Are you coaches, trying to man? go back to the so. Louisville thing? I hope you is are. Are you trying to go back well, to the yeah, Louisville thing right now? That too, man. Like, that is that where you're going with this? He lost to the Sisters <laughs> of the Poor and Blind. That's fine. Give them a couple of weeks. You're just – and I, I, maybe it's because you've been in the industry and you know how hard it is. But I just – I from where I sit, you know, my instinct is to say, this guy is absolute, you know, dog shit. Get him out of here. And your instinct <laughs> is to say, everybody calm down just a sec. Everybody calm down just a tick. I admire that. John, I've been – I've been on – Goodman's, I believe I was on Goodman's hot seat list. I'm not for sure. 
but I believe Ooh. I was. You know, he's a New England guy. He re- he's my guy. I've known Goodman forever. Been friends for a long time. I feel like he judged the UMass hire when I came in because I wasn't a New England guy. But I've been on that hot list. And you know what, man? When when you're sitting in it and you're living it, it bleeds through your program, and there becomes you know your fan base becomes ne- negative. And you know, don't look at it. Don't read it. Your players do. Your assistant coaches do. Everybody does. So I always try to defend the coaches and I always try to give them time. I love that. I mean, honestly, you know, on the, sitting on the other side, man, Jeff's not, a, you know, sometimes Jeff can get after you, man. If you, when you're on the other side, man, Jeff can, Jeff, Jeff might not hold any, any punches, man. So, yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, the patience is key. I mean, I, even with Louisville, like, you know, Coach Payne, I was with him with the Knicks. My dad, like, Group played with him, so like I just feel bad for him, man. It's just oh. a tough spot, man. Oh. It's a tough spot, Brutal. man. It's 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 uh, yeah. We call that fighting for your life down there in Louisville. We're fighting for your life down there. That's right. We're gonna clear the entire next segment for you exclusively to just break down the whole Louisville situation, bro. Like it's all you for fifteen minutes, my man. You know what I'm saying? It's all you, big dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, 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 look, I, 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 obviously I don't want anybody to fail. I, I don't root against anybody at all. I mean, I did root against Tubby Smith back when he was at Memphis because I knew he wasn't cut out for the job, but that was the only time in my life where I could say I actually root against somebody. I generally want people to succeed. Speaking of which, Virginia's doing that. John, do we trust them? Do we, do we think this 4-0 start is, is real? Is there substance to this? Our instinct is always to say, yeah, we know it's going to happen. Is, the, is, is this sustainable? Is this real, in your opinion, with Virginia? I love Beekman and Dunn. That's a good – you know, you got to start with your guards. They've got some solid guard play. Um, I think they'll go as far as those guards take them. Um, I still just despise the style of play. Even from back in the day, I knew it was going to be 52 to 56, and we hated playing in Virginia. So I, I, I don't love how they play because it lets teams stay in it. It lets teams – be within striking distance when you have the talent to overwhelm them and step on their necks. Blake Buchanan, Buchanan's coming on strong as well. Today he, he played well. He was blocked with shots. He's all over the place. So I think that's a team that no one's really talking about that could potentially make some noise. Um, obviously, UNC hasn't proven much right now, so they've got a game with Tennessee coming up. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, they'll be there in the mix. Tony Bennett's a great coach, and uh, they, they'll, they'll be right there at the end. Matt, real quick, do you do you concur with with John that that they could make some noise here? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Tony Bennett's a guy that's been doing it for a really long time. Um, he's got a system, like John's saying. I think you know it's a system that's in place that's really worked for him. Obviously, winning a national championship, teams, you're always going to have a chance. You're going to be in the game because of the style of play. There's going to be less possessions in the game. But they've handled business on their schedule. I think Florida's much improved from last year. They knocked them off. They turned Florida over a boatload of times in that game. So, yeah, I I think they're a team that can compete for an ACC championship for sure. Yeah. Uh, Okay, when we get back, we're going to turn these guys into stock traders. That's what John does every day anyway, right? It's It's just sports betting. But that's like day trading. It's kind of the same thing. But we're going to buy stocks. That's right. We're going to do that. We're going to sell some teams, buy some teams, hold some teams on the other side. Field of 68 after dark, back after this. All right, it's time to talk about Vaulted. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without a 
an entry fee. It's the place to store your own bold predictions forever. And by using the Vaulted Challenge feature, you can prove you're smarter than your friends. So go download the Vaulted app. Give it a try for free. Vaulted is spelled V-L-T-E-D. And it is the app to challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools without any entry fee. Download Vaulted today. I don't think Arkansas is winning the SEC this year. You think Arkansas can win the SEC this year. I'm putting five units on it, man. Why do you accept my challenge that Arkansas will not win the SEC? I say, let's make it 10. Let's make it 20. I mean, I I think uh, this Arkansas team is supremely undervalued, man. Uh, Obviously, Chandler Lawson in the transfer portal uh, and bringing back Trayvon Brazil for that sophomore season. I love this team. I think they're going to have the length, the athleticism. I think in terms of the rest of the SEC, we're going to go crazy on Tennessee because they finally have a player that can dunk. I mean, what are we doing here? I think there's a lot of teams in the SEC that I don't buy, Kentucky being one of them, too young. It's not the way you win in college basketball anymore. So I like Musselman. I think they're in a great position here with what they're bringing back and adding, getting older, getting better. Give me the Razorbacks, baby. Let's go. Woo-pig! Challenge accepted. Welcome back, Field of 68 After Dark. We're here on Stadium. We're here on YouTube. We're here on X. I'm John Martin, joined tonight by Matt McCall, college basketball uh, analyst, uh, longtime coaching veteran, John Henson, North Carolina Tar Heel, longtime NBA veteran. Uh, We're going to do last call. So we're going to stick around after this show is over on Stadium, exclusively on Stadium. We're going to answer your questions. Uh, any and everything is on the table. Matt McCall, been on Goodman's hot list. That is a superlative <laughs> right there, my friend. You Appreciate have made it. it in life. Yeah. I've been on the coach's hot seat list. I lived it. I lived it. And here I am still on the field of 68, right? I'm here, here <laughs> after, right. Being on, after being on the hot seat list. Now, now I'm a part of the media, helping you guys out doing that talking hoop. So, I don't know if there's a hot hot seat list on the media. Hopefully Goodman never puts me on that. Um, but it's not a lot of fun. It's not a lot of fun. It's not a lot of fun going through it. And like I said, man, it, you know, it. you can tell everybody to block it. I, that's why I think with the coaches that have, have gone through, you know, being on it, that, you know, then all the turn, they, they, they find a way to rally around it and have success. That's, that's not an easy thing to do. And it happens every single year. Coaches know. I mean, coaches know where they stand and if it's a big year um, for them, for their team, for their program, for their future. Um, and to be able to block all that out. I mean, there's, there's a lot of negative people out there, man. There's a lot of negative fans that they start tagging you in tweets and saying nasty things. And they have no idea what goes into winning. They have no idea the preparation and everything that it takes to build a program that goes into it. And they, you know, you're getting paid a lot of money to coach a game. That, that's all. But it's it's a lot more than that. I mean, it's, you know, so um, not a lot of fun when you're going through that. But, a lot, you know, a lot of respect for the guys that overcome it. Dig that. Well, yeah, you, you're right. You went from uh, recruiter and now, now you're day trading, brother. Now you are uh, <laughs> now you are day trading. Here now you're going to put me on the spot with this. You're going to have to sell somebody, dog. All right. You can't just buy and hold everybody. We're gonna make who them came up with these? Time. Who came up with these lists here? Who came? Because I got 
I want to I want to talk to the guy that put him in his. All right, well we'll get into it. Let's go. Yeah, so we've got three rounds here. It's our edition of uh, buy, sell, and hold is what we're calling it. Uh, so round one, all right, gentlemen, buy, sell, hold, one team each, North Carolina, Villanova, Michigan. Buy, sell, hold, give me one of each, both of you. Let's go. Coach, you want to go first, or you want me to? No, to no, do all it's, three, got, it's you got your to, logo up there, big dog. It's got your logo. All you right, start so, first. Am I doing all three, or am I doing my buy and, and Matt and coach? You got to pick one for each. You got to pick one for each. Buy, sell, okay. and hold. You got to pick so, one for one. I'm I'm gonna buy Michigan. Obviously, they've they looked the part right this year. They haven't had their coach on the sidelines. They've got two guards, Demario Burnett, Doug McDaniel. They've been sensational. So I'm gonna buy Michigan. I'm going to sell Villanova. They just lost a pin. They've got some good players as well. So we, I don't know what's going on over there, but they got to figure it out. They couldn't figure out Penn's zone. I mean, Penn just slowed the game down, and it's almost like Villanova just gave up. And I'm holding on to UNC. We got you. We got Tennessee coming up. It's time for them to silence these critics. They've been japping all summer. We don't necessarily have to win that game. We just need to be compete. We need to compete at a high level. And, and show some fight and show that we can still compete with some of the best teams in the country, which Tennessee is. And if we can do that, that's why I'm holding on to them. They could potentially take off. Matt, what you got? John, I'm, I'm, I'm in the, the same spot with my fellow Floridian. I'm, I'm buying Michigan. I love Doug McDaniel, the addition of Olivia Kamwa. I mean, he's been outstanding. Um, I'm holding on the Tar Heels. I don't think we've seen enough yet. They haven't really played anybody. Yeah. I got to sell Villanova just on, on process of elimination here on this whole game that we're playing. Kyle Neptune's only in his third year as a head coach. Took over for a Hall of Famer. It's not an easy spot to be in. Got to give him some time, John. We got to give him some time to grow and develop as a coach. Right. Only year right. three calling right. ball plays. Take some time. Right. Can't just still you know, put him on the hot seat yet. Takes time, uh, so I'm 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 in alignment with my man John Henson. See that was Villanova's easy. a blue blood. That was the Villanova is a blue yeah. blood man. Like Villanova is a two time nasty. Like like Villanova is up there with Kansas, yep. Kentucky's, and, and like he he he's got a you know hey time is of the essence with those guys. No question about it. There's not a see that one was easy. I thought I think that in terms of the answers. <laughs> For that round, that it's like it's like, yeah. it's like it's like it's like Mario, so right? It gets it gets harder and harder as we get further uh, into the segment. Let's go on to round two. Round two: buy, sell, hold. St. John's, Illinois, University of Memphis. Again, John, we'll start with you. Um, I'm gonna buy Memphis. Um, they have probably one of the oldest teams in the country. The average age is 23 years old. They've got a 24-year-old turning 25 and a 24-year-old, someone turning 24 in a month, Jordan Brown. Quinterly's turning 25. They went into Mizzou, which is a hostile environment, and just, you know, took the life from them, man, like a real mature, experienced team. So I'm going to buy Memphis. I'm going to sell for now St. John's. Just I, I, we kind of know what they're going to be. I feel like we know what they are. I may be contradicting myself with what I said earlier, but that's because I love the fighting Illini. They couldn't stop Kolick, which concerns me, but Coleman Hawkins hasn't played well. 
Shannon Jr. is actually doing what he does. He's playing well. And, and Marcus Damask looks like a star from SIU. So I think they have one of the highest ceilings in the country. They just got to figure it out, man. Like last year was the same thing. Like they have the talent, you know. So that's going to be my hold. And, and you know, that's that's – I love them, so we're gonna hold on to Illy, Illinois, the Illinois, right close to my chest. What you got, Matt? Yeah, so this one was the hardest one for me, for sure. Um, I, I just can't, I can't, I can't sell Rick Patino. You know, I'm I'm in the Patino tree with Coach Donovan. It's hard for me to say that I'm gonna sell St. John's. Uh, you know, I, we talked about it. Who's the guys? So I'm gonna hold on them. Um, you know. I agree with John in terms of buying Memphis. There's an they're, they're an older team. I, I see you. I see you. They're an older team. I still think FAU is better in their league. I had them the other night. I'm not just saying that because I do a bunch of their games. I think FAU is that good. Um, and I look at Illinois, and we saw in the secret scrimmage that don't mean anything, and they don't count. They don't mean anything at all, but – they beat Kansas. They just got to stop turning it over. And they have arguably the second best player in the league uh, in Taron Shannon. So this one was hard. So I, I guess just because I'm picking FAU over Memphis, I'm going to sell them. I'm going to buy Illinois because I think they have the best, uh, second best player in the league. And I'm going to hold on St. John's. But the only reason I'm selling is because whoever put these three teams in the same category – I don't think that was very fair. Okay, well, uh, uh, just be prepared for for Memphis on social media because uh, to, to sell a team that went in on, on the road and beat Missouri at their place with that second half and you're selling them. I didn't make the, I didn't make the game. The only reason I'm selling is because I think FAU is going to beat them. That's it. That's it. I'll, uh, there I'll, you I'll have, hey, and I'll hey just prepare. Brace yourself. All right, uh, last round here. <laughs> Buy, sell, hold. Baylor, Tennessee, Gonzaga, John. What are you doing? I'm gonna I'm gonna buy Baylor. Pass their first test. I don't know if we talked about them at a high level coming into the season, but Jacoby Walker Walter obviously he's a pro. He looks really good. They look really good from an eye test standpoint. So I'm gonna buy Baylor. It pains me, but I'm gonna sell Tennessee. Now the reason that I'm gonna sell Tennessee, we know we we, we know what they are. We know what they are. Rick Barnes has created a defensive physical team. You know, they're gonna you're gonna have to beat them in massive physicality, or you're gonna get treated like Duke in front of millions of fans and be embarrassed. So we know what they are. We're, this is buy, sell, hold, right? Like you know, we want value. What it is, right? So what it is. And I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna hold the Zags. We don't really know what they are. They have a game against the Almighty Zach Eady and the Boilermakers. From a value standpoint, I feel like right now, if I'm gonna hold someone to wait and see what happens. I'm going to take the Zags. Um, I'm interested to see what they do. Um, so I'm not selling them, and I'm definitely not buying them. I'm holding Okay, John, uh, uh, Dalton, here, connect. Yeah, Have you not seen this guy? This guy is a mismatch <laughs> problem. Dalton, connect. Did you watch what they did at Wisconsin? They went in there, and I'm not even sure they broke a sweat on the road. I am buying Tennessee. As a Gator, hard for me to say that. Mm -hmm. I'm buying Tennessee. Zakai Ziegler's not even at full strength right now. Connect is an absolute stud. He's a first-team All-SEC guy at this point in the season based on what he's doing. Uh, I'm going to hold on Baylor. 
you know, tough to tell from the Auburn game how good is Auburn. Want to see who else they play. And the only reason I'm selling Gonzaga is because I don't think they're as good as Tennessee with Dalton Connect, and I don't think they're as good as Baylor. I mean, do you just uh, you just want all the smoke with the city of Memphis? You're selling Memphis. Oh. You're buying Tennessee. I mean, Matt, bro, what are you doing? It's your man? game. You I didn't make up this game. Again, you guys put these you teams in bad categories. Can I choices. make up the teams next time? Can I make up the teams yeah. next time? I think it, we can, it was we can. honestly, it was tough. Just hold everybody. It was, it was hold everybody. It was whole, and I'm so buying good. Memphis. The only reason I put them on that category was because of hey, FAU. I'm, I'm buying FAU. Can, can, can the producers put a give them time slot next uh-huh. time? Just yeah, that'd be good. Time. We got to give them time it's, slot. It's every team. It's every team in Division One. All 362 or however many there are now that we're giving them all time. Hey, we got more time. As a matter of fact, we're going to be on Stadium uh, with last call, answering all questions. Send them into the YouTube chat. You've been watching Field of 68 after dark. Back tomorrow. Thanks for watching.